different these days it's weird <laughs> am i steve uh, yeah, i think you have to be today chris uh, <laughs> no babies to, in this house welcome to chris johnston back to the show the fourth member who is right now the third i don't know steve uh steve's running late we have no idea what it, what he's doing or what the problem is or whatever but uh if you're not uh, if you're not watching the show um chris has got his juggernaut shirt on he's ready for the playoffs i'm assuming <laughs> One more game to go, um, and I, Chris. I mean, like, I, I feel like we it would be bad if we started getting into Leaf stuff right now because I feel like Steve would be upset that he missed it. But like, how um, how pumped are you for the playoffs to start Saturday? Literally a day after the last game of the season. I'm pumped. Well, it's not the last game of the season because we got that right. whole Vancouver Calgary series next week. Who can right. forget about that? Yeah, uh, so important. <laughs> big eye roll here for those that aren't watching. Um, but I'm pretty pumped. You know, I, it's, it's nice to see the weather turning a bit. Like it's starting to feel like playoff time. The fact we're going to have the, you know, I think actually, honestly, right across the board, the matchups are pretty appealing the way it's turned out. And then to have a couple all Canadian series, another one in the second round ahead, one of the Canadian teams making it to the, the semifinals, the third round. I mean, it's, this is going to be a pretty cool few weeks, I think. The thing people seem to be complaining about the most today was the the series that they have to play tomorrow and the fact that the Leafs can't play until Thursday when Vancouver wraps up their season. Is there, What's the specific reason they're doing that? Well, I can tell you the fans, if they're complaining about that, they're aligned with the front office and the organization. You know, I think that all the Canadian teams would prefer to get going early next week, you know, uh, obviously there was a, a couple extra games tacked on this week, regular season wise for the Canadian teams that are going to the playoffs. But, you know, with the, the Leafs and Jets wrapping up Friday night, you know, they could easily be launching in a series by Monday and still have travel time, a little bit of rest time, what have you. You know, I think ultimately what the NHL decided is they wanted all the regular season games in the books first. So those Vancouver Calgary games will get played over the next few days. I believe the last one for them is Wednesday afternoon. And then, you know, Wednesday night you have the Oilers and, and Jets playoff series start in the North Division. So, you know, the, the the sum result of this that I think is actually worth thinking about is that, you know, now they have more compressed first round, you know, with, with both the North Division series having a back-to-back in it. I presume it could be a more compressed second round, depending on how everything shakes out. And so by the time one of these teams reaches the third round, they will probably played more games in a shorter stretch unless of course there's some sweeps or that mixed in so it's not fair it's imperfect but it's this has been an imperfect season across the board right how do uh like have the canucks and flames even even spoke publicly about this the players like is anyone even going to throw a hit (laughs) i i don't see how they could honestly i mean it's basically shinny yeah um (laughs) you know and, and I say this with respect, like, look, it, it's an unfortunate circumstance here with the Canucks getting a COVID outbreak that's led to this happening, but there's nothing on the line for either team. It's weird afternoon starts. It's happening while the playoffs are happening. Like everyone's going to be dialed. They're like, did you see that Tampa Panthers game last night? And then, you know, and then they're going to have to go play. And literally, I, I can't think of a more meaningless set of regular season games we've ever seen. The fact that they're happening after the playoffs have started 
Um, I don't think it's ever happened in NHL history, but as I say, this has been a season. I think the league's had to adapt and do some things it wouldn't normally do. And this, this falls into that category, but yeah, no hits, no hits, no, no excitement, just, just dreariness. Run out the clock. What, what would be the reason uh, for not delaying the playoffs? Like, couldn't you just let all the teams get a little healthier, give it a week? I think you're worried about losing momentum in the U S obviously, because you know, they wouldn't be showing these games down there anyway, even in normal course, even if they meant everything. And, you know, I think also, look, they, they have to get the Stanley cup handed out by July 15th. And, you know, usually it takes about two months from the very start to a potential game seven of the cup final. And so I think the sooner you can start it and my dates, I don't even know what day it is, but so what they're starting on May 15th, that puts them in a good spot to hand the Stanley cup out no later than July 15th. And so, you know, I think it's, it's a combination of the schedule pressure, but also, you know, the, the regular season ends, you don't want to have to wait two weeks until the first playoff game. And so this is a bit of a compromise. I really don't honestly, personally, I don't truly understand why we can't start the North division playoffs as well, overlapping with those games, just because clearly they don't impact anything one way or another, but the league isn't comfortable with that. Yeah, or they could have done the Major League Baseball thing and just cancel the games. You know, if there's games uh, that don't matter in the standings in baseball, they just don't play them if it comes down to if they're rained out during the season. Like the NHL had options, and it's weird that they went with this one. Yeah, I think the thinking there is there's there's all these financial obligations that teams have with sponsors and things like that that you know, probably TV sponsors, people I work for. I you know, I don't know how all that works, but <laughs> the, the truth is, is I'm pretty sure that would result in them having to make up some give away some stuff for free next season. And given the economic uh, disaster this season has been as expected, nothing unusual, but um, they're, they're just trying to claw back as many uh, financial things as they can. Do you think they rest their stars? Like does, you know, is it just an all rookie tournament? Like what, <laughs> what do you, what do you expect to see? Like, I, cause I, the last thing you want is somebody really good. Like I'm thinking Calgary Markstrom is I think key to the future of their goaltending or key to the now he's got five more years after this let's say he goes down with whatever knee injury freddie anderson currently has i it it seems to me anyway that like you wouldn't want to have that happen in a nothing game against calgary are you going to see the stars show up i think you'll see some of them rested for sure i mean look vancouver's played a crazy amount of games since resuming you know from their covid pause as it is and so they've, they've been cycling a lot of different guys in and out of the lineup. I know they brought a couple more players up from Utica and who've served seven day Canadian quarantines and, and will I'm presuming now play, you know, that that's one way of getting through this. I know there's some salary cap limitations on what teams can do. You know, are they really the still applying the salary cap now to these two teams? Oh yeah, man. Oh it's my all, God. <laughs> it's all, Just... it's all somebody's out there with, with an abacus, you know, writing everything down, making sure everything's good. I mean, even the Leafs, honestly, you know, they play their final game against Winnipeg on Friday. They, they have 18 skaters they can choose from. Like they can't, they're, they're, they can't bring anyone else into the game because, you know, of their salary cap situation since activating Frederick Anderson. So, you know, had they had players get injured in Ottawa, for example, they would just be playing short players uh, for Friday just because of the cap considerations. So yeah, all these teams like the Leafs or Vegas or Tampa, all these teams that have really been dancing a fine line with the cap can't wait for the playoffs to start because then you can actually just choose which of the players you have in your organization. You want to play each game. That's crazy, man. Wow. <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Good, buddy. What's going on? Nice of you to join us on your podcast. Yeah, sorry about that. No, uh, one thing threw everything off, and now I'm uploading the LFR, and I'm talking to you guys, and it's a, it's a special show. When it's Adam and Jesse, I can screw with their time. doesn't matter. But when you're on, I mean, geez, well, it's the juggernaut. You can screw with my time, but I, I have a firm out for you today so you know basically the later we started the less time i was going to be on so no no it's up to you (laughs) no no so how's how's it all been so far (laughs) you know what high quality i give it a i give it a seven or eight out of ten it's weird it's only gone downhill in the last minute or so i don't yeah (laughs) (laughs) the show's just started tanking for some reason yeah yeah Yeah. we are the buffalo savers of 2015 right now (laughs) did did you talk about the the number one topic on leafs twitter's mind is how frederick anderson is somehow going to come in and and start game one of the playoffs despite not like playing one game. Is we that level of galaxy yet. braining happening? Oh yeah. And it's not even for me. That's the crazy part. Steve, can you turn down your mic a little? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm coming to the party late and I'm bringing fireworks. Yep. <laughs> sure <in> am. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Hot so, mics and hot takes. So exactly. Chris, <laughs> That should be our man. That's got to be our tagline. Um, Chris, you know, that is that's the number one topic for sure today. And like my whole thing is, I don't know how much of a football watcher you are, but the Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie situation where Doug Flutie basically dragged the Bills kicking and screaming to the playoffs. And uh, is that the, the Music owner, City Miracle? I don't I don't even re- probably. Yeah, I, I don't think even it remember. Is. And then and then the owner's like, well, we're paying Rob Johnson five million dollars a year. He should be starting. And they started him and they stunk and didn't make the playoffs for like the next 10 years. Um, I'm hoping the Leafs don't do this with Freddie Anderson because it's not fair to Fred based on what we saw last night. And it's also not fair to a team that's finished first in the division, largely without him with Jack Campbell in neck. Okay, so I got to be really clear. Like, I never lie to you guys. Mm. Th- this has been so obvious to me that Jack Campbell starting. I haven't even asked anyone who would know. So this isn't an informed opinion <laughs> wow. in this case. I just thought it was so clear and obvious that the goalie that's 17-2-2 has played 93% of the game since March 19th till now, you know, that's helped the team win the division. I mean... It, like, it, are we really thinking Frederick Anderson might start game one? Like, I just don't even think it's possible. But like Leaf fans, come on. I you mean, how we are. <laughs> geez, when you put it that way, it almost sounds like an irrational fear. Well, <laughs> I think he's going to play games in the playoffs. I don't know exactly how it's going to, you know, I, it's hard to predict how it's going to roll out in terms of sequence, but I think you're starting the sequence with the guy who got you there. I know Jack Campbell kind of got the number one job through an injury and that's supposed to be a verboten thing in sports and something that can happen, but come on, like, let's, let's not overthink this. You know, Frederick Anderson has played one NHL game, one full AHL game and then a half AHL game since March 19th. He hasn't looked particularly great in any of them. You know, it's not that he's been awful, but he certainly hasn't been like, wow, this guy's so sharp and so ready. We have to throw him in there to win game one against Montreal. I mean, I, it just nothing, nothing about the way the Leafs operate leads me to believe there's there's any possibility he's starting game one. Okay, good. Well, I feel better. <laughs> but you know, if if they what? lose game one with Jack Campbell in net yeah. and it doesn't go well, like he might be in game two. Like I'm not saying he's out of the mix. I just think where you start is important, and Jack Campbell got them to that game one, and I think he's the guy that's going to start game one. 
I have to ask, based on what we've seen from Freddie in the three Marley starts and then the start last night against Ottawa, should he be in the mix? Should he be two of three? Oh, yeah. I mean, are you now lobbying for him not to play any games? I'm, under any I'm, saying, I'm saying that I love Freddie Anderson's legacy, but legacy shouldn't be the thing that gets you into the playoffs. It should be how you're playing right now. And I'm, I'm concerned. I think you, you got to trust track record, though. Like, would you rather than play David Riddick or Michael Hutchinson in a game without Jack Campbell? Like, that, that's really the question you're asking. I mean, yeah. I think they had – look at – I know one thing that, that's been going on behind the scenes is that with Frederick Anderson this whole time while he's been rehabbing through his injury, there's been a lot of trying to frame this as a positive, that in each of your previous four years in Toronto, you were basically playing – Every game, you know, no goaltender other than Connor Hellebuck has played more than Frederick Anderson in the last five years in the NHL. So, like, the Leafs oh. have ridden him hard. And in most of those cases, they didn't really have a second option they trusted at all to play big games. And so now th- this is a little different, right? He's going to be well, better rested. You hope he's healthy. You know, I, I don't know 100% if that's the case. We saw him flexing his knee a little bit in that game against Ottawa on a couple occasions, On you know, when he had to go down and make a tough save. Um, and you know, the idea is he doesn't have to carry this team. I mean, who knows how many games he's going to get to play, but I think they're trying to psych him up for the possibility he comes in and gets to be a savior or hero at some point in the playoffs. And I don't think that's, that's crazy. I mean, the one thing about the Leafs this year that it's easy for people to miss, I think is there's so much better defensively. Like it's, it's night and day from the first four years where Frederick Anderson that time had to wear a cape in the crease. I think you're, you're really just asking for the guy playing net to, to be average or a little bit better than average. And you trust your team to win. And so this is a different set of circumstances. I think that there's a nice redemption narrative here for Frederick Anderson. I just don't think it's starting right off out of the gate for the playoffs. With, with the defensive angle. Uh, I, I mean, I a hundred percent agree that they're way better defensively. But last night, and for a big chunk of the season, even though they're in first, Morgan Riley's just been getting hammered <laughs> uh, on Twitter, and I see him with the best, easily the best partner he's ever had. How do you view his season so far? Is he is he battling something? Is it physically? Is it in his head? Or are we maybe overthinking it on account of they're a pretty good team? Well, I th- you're definitely overthinking it, but that's what makes Leafs Twitter, Leafs, <laughs> Leafs Pod World. I mean, that's that's what makes Leafs Nation what it is. I mean, we, I love that; it keeps me employed. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this: I think Morgan Riley kind of is what he is. You know, he's a better than average offensive defenseman, and at times, his he makes some some tough defensive decisions. That, you know, to me, the positive in this is that he does have that partner, unlike really any partner he's had at least while the Leafs were good. Um, you know, he's not carrying around a Ron Hainsey or, you know, go down the list, Cody CC. Um, th- there's been a lot of different partners the last few years for, for stretches of games. And, you know, I think in this case with TJ Brody, it, it balances itself out. I mean, the Leafs top four to me is look pretty good. You know, you, we can isolate mistakes in games. Of course, you know, I think that happens for any team, even the teams that go on and win the Stanley cup. But, you know, I think that the, the blue line has really solidified itself. And, you know, I don't, I'm not that worried about Morgan Riley, I guess. You know, I'm not sure what the fans are all saying. I'm sure they don't like some of the defensive miscues, but he's still pretty good at moving the puck up. And I think he's an asset to this team with, with the high end forwards they have. What do you attribute that defensive change to? Because um, I remember um, 
when the when the Lightning won the Cup, I think it might have been Joe Smith or it was somebody at the Athletic um, wrote an article about how the team had committed to doing things along the lines of you know pushing people to the outside. So if they are going to get a shot, it's a low low danger shot. Obviously, they've got Norris caliber defense. Um, it seems like every defenseman on the uh, Lightning could win the Norris at any time. And then you've got Andre Vasilevsky. But there was a commitment to team defense that we hadn't seen from the Lightning before. And it can't just be with the Leafs. With two, like, can it just be TJ Brody? That's all they really needed, and now they're good at defense? No. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a mindset the same way. And not everyone's going to like to hear this because, you know, the Leafs were built to have more scoring lines in the, in the past, right? Like, their third line used to involve guys like Janssen and Kapanen and players with offensive upside, whereas, you know, we don't know how the lines are going to shake out right now. But, it, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to build a third line pretty clearly that's just meant to keep the puck out of the net. You know, I think the Leafs have, have completely changed the parts around the core of the team. The, the core and the spirit of what is going to make them successful or not, the Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, you know, that hasn't changed, but everything else has, right? And, and so, to me, the way the Leafs are now built is, A, you, you have those guys, I think, showing a different level of defensive commitment than they have in the past. You have a team that's not trying to win 7-1. to one. You know, I know there's a handful of games this year where that happened. But for the most part, the Leafs were winning four two games with an empty netter kind of thing. Like like they weren't blowing everyone out of the water in terms of the, the goals in the net. But you know where they really exceeded, with, excelled rather, was you know in the underlying metrics how little they gave up. I mean, they went from a, a bottom team in goals against to one of the, the league's better teams, high danger shots against, odd man rushes against. I mean, they made sizable leaps in all those areas. Um, you know, some of it might come from who they're playing. Uh, but I, I do think there's just a, a commitment there to do it. And look, this, this core, I mean, these guys aren't dumb, right? The, everything that, the, that you guys are feeling as Leaf fans, the players are feeling too. Like they knew this had to be the year. Like this still has to be the year they take steps forward. I think they've unquestionably done that in the regular season, but they have to take those steps or they're not going to get to be here forever. You know, something's going to change. And so, you know, I think that you had a combination of, you know, players that are coming into their own, getting frustrated by their lack of success as a team. You have a coach who had a whole year and, and clearly highlighted that from day one at training camp uh, about, you know, where they had to improve. And, and you've just had buy-in. And I think these guys are having fun. Honestly, it's fun to win as much as they have. And, you know, they won the division. They're going to finish anywhere, what, third, fourth, fifth overall in the, the standings. You know, they're favored to get the round three for sure. I mean, this, this is... Uh, this is a good team. And I think, I think that they've, they have achieved that level of buy-in that Tampa did. Now we just have to see if they can get the similar results. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Oh God. I love it. Hey, you're going to be so nervous though, Steve, because oh, yeah. playoff, there's going to be so many two, one games. I guarantee you like games that are, it's going to go be into the third period tight. Not a lot of chances. Obviously, we know the Leafs have those individual weapons, but it, like this is this is not going to be comfortable. They've won like a surprising amount of those games, like you said this year. Um, I, I want to play a little game, and I want to say some names, and I want you to tell me if they play in Game One, assuming no one gets hit with a meteor or something like that in the next few days. You ready? Yeah, one of those Chinese rockets falling from the sky. Why not? Why not? Has that oh, wait, happened did, yet? Did that fall in Canada? I heard, I saw some sort of TikTok on that, but I thought that might be fake. 
No, it was real. I don't know where it ended up landing, but like last weekend, it was all the news. Like there's this rocket that's going to hit the earth at some point this weekend. Seemed like an underrated story. Yeah, 100%. It could have been a lot worse, I guess. We'll and right way. before the playoffs? Come on. <laughs> um, Alex Galchenyuk. Not playing game one. Okay. Whoa. Really? Yeah. No, I, I think he's right. <laughs> uh, Riley Nash. Playing game one. Interesting. Uh, is he playing against Winnipeg? No, he's not allowed. Or they're not able to. Rather, they're not. They don't have the cap space. So his first game as a Leaf is going to be Game One of the playoffs. Yes, and and you guys are got better memories than me. Like this does not happen much. Like it happens obviously sometimes when you have a prospect like Nick Robertson last year who comes up at the end of his season, but he's still kind of been in the organization, has been through a training camp, say, or a rookie camp. But it's really rare to have a new player of the organization start in the playoffs. I think I have one, Phil Housley. I don't know. Oh, yeah. injured when the Leafs traded for him? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. And I think he played two or three games in the playoffs or something like that. I remember being I so pumped that the Leafs got Phil Housley. He, he wasn't good. He wasn't great. <laughs> Man, uh, the Leafs added a lot of late career Hall of Famers, eh? Like Ron sure Francis did. and oh, Brian Leach and Doug Gilmore. Tom Barrasso, Doug Gilmore for one period in 2003. Oh, I was so I excited he was back. Wendell Clark came back. He's Is he a Hall of Famer yet? He came back twice. No. So, well, the, sorry, the second time, I remember the, sec- the the first time I was a little young, the second time I remember the comeback. Oh, yeah, I see. It's a little flex here. I'm a little <laughs> younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only just now getting my vaccine. You got yours like months ago, old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get mine at the zoo. There's, there's a mass vax thing at the zoo. And oh, there, there haven't been enough in Durham, so I think I'm going to go to the zoo. I have to respond to a text message mid-pod. I'm sorry. That's okay. No. That's, That's perfectly okay. fine. Uh, to expand on Adam, you big idiot, Phil Housley actually played one regular season game. Oh. Okay. And then right. three in the playoffs and then none. Can I, can I say of all the late, the late season Hall of Famers the Leafs added in that era, Ron Francis is the best. He was, he was, he great, was great that regular season um, in the remaining games for the Leafs. Uh, I was going to say Owen Nolan arrived to the Leafs injured, but he did end up getting 14 games in and he had seven goals, five assists for 12 points. And I remember in his first game as a Leaf, he had two goals and we were all like, Oh yeah, this is the guy. This is the guy. This is the year. It was not. You got to turn your game, your gain down just a little bit. too. Yeah. it's, It's not the volume. It's the gain. It's the top top button at the thing. It's just your, your little crackly, my good friend. I think something's up with uh, my mic hey, cord. Steve. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. Here, hey, talk yeah, give me give me a little test. Hey. Rasmus Sandin. Blah blah. Better. Better. Okay. Better. So continuing the game, Rasmus Sandin. Game one. Yes, sir. He's in. Dermot or Hutton? Dermot. Dermot. Okay. Who else is in there? Uh, Pierre Engvall. No chance. No chance. Wow. No chance. That's a can I, can well, I ask one? again. This is this is with no injuries in Friday's game, right? I don't know when people will be listening to this, but assuming a healthy roster, then no chance. Yeah, Jesse, you got one? one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the backup? Riddich or Anderson? Anderson. Are they are are they happy with Big Save Dave or are they not happy with Big Save Dave? I, I think that big save Dave is just big save insurance. He's, he's, you know, I'll say this polite. He's like Michael Hutchinson insurance. 
you know, it's sort of the way Ben Hutton is Martin Brinch insurance, you know, it's, it was one more player to put in front of the guy you really don't want to have to get there when injuries hit or if injuries hit. The right. buoy. <laughs> the yeah. buoy. Well, Martin Marincin played right after Jake Muzzin was injured last year in the playoffs. Oh, I recall. Um, and Michael Hutchinson played game seven for Colorado last year. He was their number three. I, you know, I think it's, it's just about having, yeah, it's, it's the buoy, as you say, the life yeah. jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I, I guess Adam Brooks is also a no shot. He's a no shot, although the way he played is kind of interesting, but I, I still think if we listed these out in order, he's probably their 15th forward option again with a fully forward, fully healthy lineup, 15, 16. He's not that close. What, was there he's enough injuries or, or bad performance to get in? I, I know he's a long shot to even get in a game, but um, is there an update on Nick Robertson? I know he briefly left uh, yesterday's Marley's game. I haven't heard one. I actually, I think he, like I have him sort of in marked down in my mind is, is like the nuclear option for them. Like if, if one of their top two lines is really missing something or if they have an injury there, like I, I think that Nick Robertson is the guy who goes in. Like I, I don't think you're going to see him play on the fourth line in the playoffs. I think it's like if, you know, they need someone to play with Tavares and Nylander or something, that's where he plays. How do you feel the Leafs feel about the Felino trade so far? I think that I, I, they definitely like the guy. You know, they, they're impressed with the way he's come in. It's not easy to join a new team, man. And he was in Columbus a long time. Like, the pro athletes are among the most, I guess, routine-oriented people on earth in terms of just how things work and seeing the same faces and doing the same things, taping their stick at 448 with, you know, certain, you know, like just crazy to those of us in other jobs. It's just like they really like things a certain way. And and I think Nick has really endeared himself to his teammates. You know, the fact he spoke up before his first game, I, I get the feeling that really sat well with the guys. Like they, he played his first game in Winnipeg and, and, I think he said something to the effect of just like what an honor it was for him to, to play for the Maple Leafs and that he appreciated this opportunity. And yeah, I, I think he, he just, the, the benefit sometimes of getting a veteran player is that he's, he's seen a lot of other guys have to do this with, with his teams. And, you know, I, I think that he hasn't stepped on any toes. If you know what I'm saying, he's just kind of come in and, you know, obviously the real measure of the trade will be the playoffs and, and what he brings there. Um, but I get the feeling they're they're happy with it and they're comfortable with the, the deal they made to this point. I just like the fact that we got the guy who captained the team who knocked out our team last year. You know, if anybody's going to have the intangibles to take the Leafs over the next step is the guy who beat them. Yeah, I think, Riley and Nash. I think Riley Nash, wasn't he on Boston and Columbus? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> he sure so he's was. Twice, he's twice knocked the Leafs out yeah. in the last four years. Uh, all right, I don't like him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like him. Get him oh, off the team. So, what, what are you going to say when he scores in like the first period of his first game? You're oh, going to be buying. I always like Riley Nash. I always I approve of that trade, and I got his jersey. It's it's just a shipping. It's on the You'll way. You'll be ordering it at the first intermission if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So. You know, I mean, this is it's it's an interesting matchup with Montreal because we as Leaf fans, yes, we've we've seen some wins against Montreal, especially lately. We haven't seen Carey Price and Carey Price under pressure is a different Carey Price. Uh, So, you know, that alone has me. It's sort of like it's like, do you want the Vesna guy from a couple years ago or the Vesna guy from last year for the Leafs? You know, and that's the thing. 
a team that's built on scoring, although they do have defense now, it's a little bit of a tricky thing. How do you see this matchup with Montreal? Is Carey Price going to be ready to go game one? And, and what do you think the least strategy to kind of um, combat the fact that Montreal is a much bigger team, at least, or was a much bigger team than this year than they've been before? Um, you've got guys like Josh Anderson who are playoff-built players. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think that's why they'd like to get the power play going because you know that Montreal is going to just try to bash the heck out of them and might take some penalties in the process. Um, yeah, I think the Leafs would feel a little bit better if their power play was clicking, but we'll, we'll move elsewhere on this. I mean, I think Montreal has matched up reasonably well against Toronto for a couple reasons this season. The Leafs love to control the puck in the ozone, right? I mean, we've seen it where they sort of peel back and come in waves. And that I think that actually works in, an, in a team like Montreal's favor because their defensemen aren't the most fleet of foot. But when you are more stationary in one zone, you know, they can hit you. They can punish you. And we've seen guys like Ben Sherratt, Joel Edmondson, you know, Shea Weber has been injured, but I presume he'll be back. I mean, they're going to make it hard on the least players to establish any sort of positioning close to the goal. And, and then you got, you know, Carey Price or Jake Allen, who I think is, is a pretty good goaltender too behind that. And so I think that Montreal is going to try to win these games two to one. Uh, I think a key for the Leafs will be to stay patient if it doesn't come early or easy uh, because of the way that the Canadians defend. And, you know, the key for Toronto, I think, quite honestly, is not in the offensive zone, but it's, it's in the chances they give up in transition, especially the, the Canadians love to jump on you, get a two on one. You know, that's the way we've seen them have success when they've had success against the Leafs in the regular season, you know, guys like Toffoli and, and that have feasted at times on what the Leafs can do there. And so I think it's going to be a little bit of a tight checking meticulous series, unless it things turn ugly and there's a lot of power plays. And one of these teams shows that it can have some power play proficiency because neither of them, Neither has really had much success there for, you know, especially late in, in later part of the season. Who's unfazed guy? Cause it's the anniversary of game seven from 2013. Oh, and, and one of the most, it, it is. And, and one of, Oh, but, how fitting CJ, my mentions. <laughs> did you buy it? A, did you buy it a cake? Like, did you get it a gift this it's, anniversary? Like I, I got it. Uh, no, Leo made it a gift this morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you see, because he poops, you see, because babies. So all I remember from that game, well, I remember many things, but one of the most haunting visions, the Leafs go up 4-1, the camera goes down the Bruins bench, and they all look dejected, except Yarmir Yager, who's literally, he's just making this face, lip out, shaking his head, not even impressed. Who's that guy for the Leafs? Spezza. Yeah. Uh, it's gotta be an older guy. Like, I just remember the game Spezza fought in the playoffs last year, for goodness sake. Yeah. And you know, Joe Thornton's gotta be a bit of that. Right. I mean, I think that's why all these guys are here now, honestly, there's probably not just one. Um, and you know, playing in Toronto, playing for a team that hasn't had this success, there is some level of ghosts there or doubt or whatever you want to call it in all these guys' minds, I think, especially if there's reason for it to appear, if they lose game one, if they get down in a big game, you know, if things don't go your way, because every single team that pushes down the door and wins the Stanley cup has to go through moments where it's not going in their favor, whether it's injuries or things that happen, penalty calls, you start listing the, the ways you have to find a way to stick with it. And so that's, I, you know, that's why Wayne, you know, Wayne Simmons could be that guy too. Hmm. Um, you know, repping Scarborough on the bench there, just not giving a shit, not, 
not not too worried by this two nothing deficit early in the first period. Um, you know, and someone is going to go out there and do something about it if if there's a fight to be had or just even some good hard clean checks to be thrown. Um, you know, I think the Leafs have a lot of that now, and, and I do think that's helped them this season. And but the real test, like this, is why the playoffs are awesome. You can watch 56 games or 55 right now. And you can reach some conclusions. And then what we see on Thursday might change some of our conclusions. And like, that's, that's what makes the playoffs so awesome. So tense. And why Steve, uh, Steve and Leo might need a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll definitely need one. I'll definitely need one. They come come in my size. I checked just in case you got to be prepared. That's, that's the key thing there. So guys, do you have any more questions for Chris about the, about the leaf series? Cause you know, when we talk about, about this series, it's sort of like, I think, Chris, you think you summed it up perfectly there. What else do you know other than, okay, so we've seen 55, soon to be 56 games here. Um, I'm assuming, you know, when, uh, Friday night, the Leafs are just going to be like, um, here, you guys have it uh, to Winnipeg. Like, they, don't, they probably don't care. The Jets probably don't care. It's sort of one of those, you know, we, we're not going to play our stars, and I know we hate each other, but we're not going to go taking shots at each other with the playoffs on the, on the way. Um, the Leafs are going to play their stars, though, because they have no I, choice. Well, they have to. <laughs> They have to. I, I actually think the Leafs might surprise you on the Friday game. Really? Why? Because it hasn't really gone that well. The Ottawa game Wednesday, the Saturday night, I know they won. They haven't been great the last week, really. And it, and I think it's the last sort of tune-up. It's sort of the dress rehearsal for the real thing. And, you know, the, they do have a carrot. Like, I don't have the standings in front of me, but they can they can actually cross a couple teams in the standings if they win. And that might matter in round three. And I think that's the way they're thinking right now. And so just sort of the fact they haven't played their best and it's the last chance to do it. And, you know, I I don't think the Jets will roll out a complete lineup. I think that's setting up like a Leafs win. Okay. Well, (laughs) but don't go put your money on my predictions because honestly, I would have led you so astray over this season with my predictions. So the Leafs can leapfrog the Panthers. And okay. uh, they can hold Pittsburgh at bay. They can hold Washington at bay. And it looks like when they when they pass Carolina though too with oh no Carolina has eighty points. No, okay. yeah, no, they can't. Uh, they'd still be one point back. So they can, uh, they can tie the Panthers. Actually, I don't know if they can pass them, but they they can hold uh, Pittsburgh and Washington at bay. I think Florida has the tiebreaker there. It could and- potentially be the difference between home ice advantage in round three or not. And they are definitely talking about that stuff behind the scenes. If Matthews right. scores tonight, uh, he'll be at number 200. Or Sorry, not tonight. Well, the next game, he'll be at goal number 200 for the career. Oh, oh and you know, like he just scores every night. So, I mean, you might as well book that one. You can write your story early. early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of true. And it's, Do you know what's it's, awesome? Only three empty net goals out of 199 in his whole career. Wow. I think Patrick Marlowe had like six the season he was here the first year when he had like 27 goals or whatever it was. Hyman leads the Leafs like from this gen, this recent generation. I don't know. His ex- he had like 12 or 13 last time I looked. I also o- over, over a couple seasons. Right, right. I want to throw this at you guys too. Uh, when Matthews inevitably scores another 30 next year, he will already be top 10 all time in Leafs goal scoring. He is 30 <laughs> goals away from passing Ted Kennedy, or at least, sorry, tying Ted Kennedy and 31 away. Uh, at, if he scores another one tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night, um, he will be right up there with Ted Kennedy, like passing Ted Kennedy, which is He's, pretty he'll be, monstrous. He'll be just the 14th Leaf to hit 200. <sighs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
That's pretty And rough. it took him five seasons, and he had an injured season. He had a, and two pandemic-shortened seasons, essentially. Yes, but Charlie Conica did it in fewer games <laughs> way back in 19-tickety-two. <laughs> Do you know what, though? If you look, I think that there's a, he has a credible case as this is the greatest goal-scoring season in Leafs history. If you look at goals oh, per yeah. game. And, Without question. Has to be. Like, you know, it, it's a shame in some ways for those that like the big round numbers that it's not an 82-game season just because – 60 was very much in play for the way he's, he's gone this year. Wow. He's uh, the best 50 goal scorer to never hit 50. Right now. Yet. Right now. Yet. Um, so far. So let's move on to the other North Division matchup, Chris. Well, we got you here. We're just going to go through everything. Um, Oilers, Jets. Um, you know, I mean, this is literally what's Connor McDavid going to do. Seems anyway. <laughs> Whatever he wants based on what we've seen the yeah. last four months. Um you know, the, the, the Jets are in, in a world of trouble here, I think. I mean, if you look at the regular season, I don't have those numbers, but I know that they are not flattering for Winnipeg. I think they went 2-7 and seven against Edmonton in their nine games. Uh, they couldn't control uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, which isn't in itself a sin because that, that basically went for everyone in the North Division, but now they have to play them up to seven games straight and try to win four of them. Uh, I think I don't like their odds. The Jets have really struggled down a stretch. Um, I, I just don't – I like. I always try to come up with a contrarian idea to my initial idea. Like, my idea is Edmonton is going to blitz them in this series. And then I try to think, okay, what am I missing? What could go wrong? You know, how, how, how do I invent the circumstances? And, and beyond Connor Hellbuck just having, like, a series for the ages, which can happen, uh, you know, it's a game played with rubber on ice. Like, a lot of weird shit happens. It's not all, it can't all just be predicted based on, you know, what we expect, but beyond some outrageously good goaltending performance at one end or outrageously bad for Mike Smith, who, you know, credit where it's due at age 39 has had a pretty darn good season for Edmonton. I just don't see any way that the Jets defensively can hold up in the series against, you know, the, the most dangerous weapon in the world, but you know, Leon Dreisaitl's not too far down the list, whether it's two, three, four or five, wherever you want to put them. So, you know, I, I think that this is going to be one-sided series and I think we're going to see McDavid Matthews in round two, which, <sighs> which if that's a case, yeah, I want everyone to just have a sniff of the flowers and the butterflies and remember, because that might only literally happen once with the teams. They would have to in future years happen in the Stanley cup final or something for that to ever happen. Right. With the, the way that we're going to go back to the old division. So, you know, this is setting up as like a dynamic first two rounds. For lack of a better question, what is the Winnipeg Jets deal? Um, because it's not, it's not every year, but it's not every year, but sometimes there's a team where you look at their month leading into the playoffs and you go, you're not even a playoff team. And to me, that's the Jets. They, they've been absolutely terrible, but not just terrible. They've been miserable, like in, in the media Angry. and, angry and i know they've they've got guys out and they've been missing guys everyone's missing guys uh i mean the habs have been missing guys and they're finding ways to win games what's their deal i don't have a good answer for that i mean like in all seriousness we shouldn't look past just the challenges of a COVID season i, I hate to use that as a blanket possibility for everyone but it, it's yeah. a blanket possibility for everyone that it's just mm -hmm. gotten miserable it's been hard i don't know about you guys i've had way more bad days randomly in the last few months than almost ever just because and there's not there's not really usually an explanation other than like holy shit every day is the same i can't see my friends i can't see my family works harder it just everything can, is hard right now so I, I wonder if it's that for them a little bit 
Um, but you know, the injuries haven't helped Connor Hellebuck not being a Vesna trophy guy the last month, uh, probably hasn't helped. And I just don't think they're good enough. I mean, this is a team for two years, like their shot metrics are, are really bad. They're, you know, for a team that has high ambition, I mean, and so I think they just give up too much. And so if they're not getting that kind of goaltending or outscoring their troubles, um, you know, it's problematic. And, and frankly, Nikolai Ehlers probably was their best player this year. And he's been injured for the last few weeks. So that, that that's hurt them. You know, I don't think the Dubois trade way too early to draw conclusions, but it hasn't made the kind of impact immediately that, you know, you might've thought it would. Maybe that shows up in the playoffs. So, I mean, someone... I think that can play a good role in a matchup type of role as a centerman where you're not just looking at his points to decide how effective he's been. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what their deal is. I, I think change will come there though. If, if this ends in the first round, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, an interesting off season in Winnipeg. If, if they don't get past the Oilers. Interesting, like big name, interesting. I, well, I don't, the truth is I don't totally know, but like I could see a scenario where they're looking at a coaching change I could see a scenario where they're looking at some, some player changes as well. Uh, you know, they resisted making a big trade at the trade deadline. Like they were kicking around on guys like Josh Manson and Matthias at And, you know, ultimately, obviously there some impact defense that didn't get traded anywhere, but you know, I, I think the jets resisted the urge to maybe hit the trigger then. Um, but depending on how this goes here in the playoffs, you know, you might see, you just might see a little bit more than a typical off season for a playoff team. Interesting. Very interesting. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> CJ, I'm is, saying as much as I can out loud. Is, is our time with you done? I can give I you like three more minutes. Okay. Sorry. I'm okay. really sorry to make other plans. That's no, okay. no. Uh, pick one. Uh, the Sabres or the Rangers? What has you more uh, intrigued? Really? Yeah. Sabres? I love chaos. <laughs> okay. So is this... So I yeah, genuinely... what's happening in New York is just like not chaotic. It's just totally normal where you fire everybody. That's and... <laughs> yeah, nuts. What? So I am genuinely confused by the Eichel situation. It mm-hmm. sounded like he wanted a second opinion. And then last show, we weren't sure if he got it, but it sounds like he got it. But the Sabres don't want him to get the surgery, but he really wants the surgery. What, what are the ins and outs of him? A, being able to make decisions about his own body. And uh, where is he getting traded? Because he's very extraordinarily getting traded. The only reason this is confusing is because everyone can't say everything out loud, like connected to the situation. But like, it's actually pretty simple. The Sabres doctors don't believe he needs a surgery. Wanted to see him go through this 12-week period that, that ends May 30th uh, and, and see where he's at then because they, they think the surgery has some risks. I think every surgery has some risk, but the the particular type of neck procedure he's looking at has never been done by an NHL player. And so, you know, if you're the Sabres on this, obviously everyone wants Jack Eichel to be healthy. Like that's, that, that is definitely 100% fundamentally true, but the Sabres have a lot of money tied up in him. And obviously they want to make sure that he doesn't become damaged even worse in the, in the course of the surgery, Jack Eichel through whatever medical advice he's gotten independently you know, wants to have that surgery, believes it is the, the best way for him to get back the soonest and to, to play at his best. And, you know, at this point, the, the Sabres haven't allowed that to happen. The, there's language in the CBA, essentially. Uh, there's a whole like, huge section about how you can get second opinions and the way it all works. But ultimately, what it boils down to is the team has to sign off on what happens. A player can't just say, F you, I'm getting this surgery. It's my body. 
that's part of signing a contract in the NHL. I know it sounds, it's almost hard to wrap your mind around, but remember the Sabres gave him an $80 million contract. And so they get a say in these matters because it pertains to his ability to do his job. And, and so I think that's really where they're at. You know, May 30th, as I mentioned, is when this rest period ends. So, you know, it's, as that gets closer, I'm sure they'll revisit this in one way, shape or form. I think it's actually probably an understated part of the trade discussion is how do you trade him when his health is a bit of an open question mark. Um, and I don't want to make any light of that. I, you know, he was bad enough. He missed most of the season and neck injury is nothing to trifle with at any age. Um, so, you know, let's hope he can get back to, to be in there and, and where he gets traded open question. Like the Rangers in LA are obvious. They've been there. They've had those discussions in the past. I think they have the kind of pieces prospects and motivation to make a big trade. I think teams like Calgary, Montreal, Columbus, you know, there are some teams out there that have obvious needs, I think for an impact number one center that, and, and, and we'll recognize that you can't get that guy very often unless you draft him. but this is the one chance you might have to make a big trade to do it. So I could see them being sort of low key in there. Minnesota is all of a sudden maybe an interesting option because the wild mm-hmm. have become fun at some point magically in a pandemic. Yep. And I mean, really fun. I, I'm actually not being sarcastic. Like I love oh, they're awesome. the wild play. Totally. totally they're awesome. fast and fun. And Kirill Kaprizov is just, uh, just dynamic. I mean, it's, it's great. Uh, and, but then there's probably some mystery team. Like I don't, I'm not starting Please don't tag this, but like, even if you're like a team like the Leafs or the Oilers and you're good at center, aren't you at least exploring to see if you could get even better somehow? Like if there's a trade that might make sense, like, and so, um, <laughs> it'd be great. Well, look at here's, here's a here's a thing that's going to happen at some point, and I don't have the date, but at some point, I think it's reasonable to expect that John Tavares has moved to the wing, and, and that happens to all kinds of players as they age, and they can still be super productive. Like Steven Stamkos has played a lot of the wing the last few years, and if you look at his points per game, he's still giving value, but it's it's probably easier to shift someone like that to the wing at some point. So, if you're going to use that as your premise, that you know, the Leafs will probably be, need a number two center. I'm not saying it's next season, but like they know that's coming somewhere down the line. And so maybe there's an incentive to go and get someone like Eichel. Now, I would say if we had to rank teams most likely to trade for him, Toronto's in the 20s. So like, I'm not saying this is likely to happen, but what I do believe is that teams that aren't even obvious fits are going to explore the possibility just to see how do you pull them in? Work. Well, and, and, work. and the trade Nylander crowd is going to just love hearing this because that's got to be the obvious guy to go the other way if that were to happen. I hate that crowd. I know. <laughs> I want to see Tavares, Eichel, Nylander. That's what I'd like to see. So you're but telling I, me there's a chance. <laughs> but I will say this, that this is, I think this is a big playoffs. I mean, it's a big playoffs for the whole team, but you know, it, if they have to address the core after this playoffs, you know, Nylander is probably the most tradable asset, frankly, that they would consider trading. So mm. the trade Nylander crowd won't be totally silenced. And, and I think it's a look at Willie's had his second straight, really strong regular season, especially the second half of this one, but he hasn't really shown it in the playoffs in the prior years. And so, you know, there's something for him to prove there. He doesn't have to carry the team, but I think you, you got to see a level of consistent competitive instincts, fire, whatever you want to call it, and, and a bit of production. Or else, you know, at some point, something's going to change. And a team like Buffalo wouldn't care about his playoff performance because they're not going anyway for a while. So well, it's probably going to be like, you know. <laughs> I also think I also think people are like, well, how could they fit the salary? I'm, I'm going through my head now, Chris, because I'm a Leaf fan. I know you got to go. 
Morgan Riley's salary coming off the books, Freddie Anderson's salary coming off the books. Like, I mean, Morgan will be another year, but there's a tradable asset. You could make that happen. And yeah, I mean, look, these guys are gurus. They can make anything happen. Like, what they've just done, so the, the roster that I think they're going to ice for the first game of the playoffs, just, just the players in the lineup and, and not the ones scratched, are going to be $86 million in an $81.5 million cap world. So, you know... They can and, make it cheating. <laughs> it's not well, the Lightning did the same thing, right? They're all of a sudden adding a nine and a half million dollar player oh, yeah. in Kucherov on game one of the playoffs. And, and that's to an existing roster that was, you know, at the cap. So this is how these are the rules of engagement if you're trying to win in the NHL. And and the and the reason I would say it's not cheating is look at all the picks they had to give up for salary retention on Nash and on Felino. Like that's how they made it happen in part. They also made it happen by convincing Joe Thornton to take a league minimum deal by retaining Jason Spets at 700,000. Like they've been value shoppers, but they've built a pretty damn good team in a cap environment with a lot of money tied up in their, their top offensive players. Chris Johnson, Sportsnet. Thank you so much. Follow him at reporter Chris on Twitter. Uh, we love having you on uh, excited for the playoffs. We know we probably won't see it till afterwards. So like, have a good time and uh, and when what, am season- I am I being kicked off the pod? No, like you're, you're not busy. Me back in, oh. in, in- <laughs> CJ. If you join us mid playoffs, I promise to actually be there for the start of the show. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'll make this promise here: if the Leafs win their first playoff round since 2004, I think you got to have me on to break it yes. down, to look ahead, to talk about history because I'm one of the few old enough to remember 2004 without needing an encyclopedia, young Adam. Um, <laughs> I can remember that. I can remember that. Um, and I think it'd be pretty cool uh, just to see what happens in the city if that happens. And if they lose, you're probably going to want me back because I tend to set fire to all my relationships after their ch- the day that they clean out their lockers. So, <laughs> right, right. Well, we figured so, the end of the season we'd have, we'd have you back. But man, Chris, if you can make time for us, we're always in for that. So thank you for coming on. I know your, your fervent followers will remind us two weeks from now, I'm going to be appearing on the pod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially all the Habs fans. Chris Johnson, thank you so much. Fourth member of the show. We love you. Good luck. Love you guys. Good luck to the juggernaut crew out there. Keep representing. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, um, guys, Jack Eichel. Um, I'm, I don't know whether I'm more excited about the first round of the Leafs getting Jack Eichel. I, I'm not really sure. It's kind of exciting. I want the Leafs to get Eichel and keep Nylander. I'm sure they Somehow. could. Freddie, it's going to be, oh books. yeah. Morgan Riley off the books. You'd have to flip Morgan Riley, but like you're losing Sandine too, right? Aren't you? No, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's going to be Bracco somehow, uh-huh. even though they don't have him anymore. Nielsen. Um, a, a third, yeah. Bracco, Nielsen, and a second, I think it is. Second, that's it. Kevin yeah. Adams is going to put on his negotiator hat, and he's going to get a second. <laughs> well, anyway, oh, it'd be very interesting to see what happens with Jack Eichel. Now, uh, let's – I mean, this is sort of the playoff preview show, so let's move forward here. We've got Carolina, and we've got Nashville in the Discover Central division. Um, two teams who look – I mean, you, you sort of feel like – I mean, the 16-point spread sort of says it all, right? Carolina's got 80 points. Nashville's got 64. Nashville's one of the hottest teams in the league, bud. I'm just saying they sure are. And listen, I think I do think that matters, right? So the the spread obviously matters, of course. Carolina's been the better team all season long, of course. But how you play leading into the playoffs, I think, says a lot about your team. 
Uh, Carolina's five, two, and three. That's still really good. They've lost their last two, whatever. Um, but Nashville, seven, two, and one. Mm-hmm. One of the hottest teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, let's let's call it what it is. They've been in a playoff race. They've essentially been in a series with Dallas, and they beat them. Didn't they, Adam? They they beat the Dallas Stars. Uh, they've sort of been in playoff mode. So I don't think Carolina sleeps through that series. I think Nashville is going to make it as hard on them as possible. Carolina is still going to win, I think. But Nashville is, uh, they're not a pushover four seed. We talked a little bit on the uh, on the podcast last week, but now we do officially know that we're going to get the all Florida, Tampa, Tampa Panthers. Um, the one thing that, that Tampa is adding is Nikita Kucherov. But he hasn't played. So not that that matters because he's Nikita Kucherov. But Florida, which had slightly more points this year, can they contend with that? Or is this just like, is this the 2-3 matchup that's like, okay, well, we really know who the powerhouse here is. I mean, they've Florida and Tampa have played each other recently. Um, I want to say they had a mini-series recently. It was uh, 4-0 on Monday. For the Panthers. The Panthers beat them, yeah. And Andre Vasilevsky did not look sharp. He was featured. He got a double dang it in Steve's dang it's, which is very rare. Um, but like Tampa, I, they're so playoff hardened. And Florida has been this team for years. Like, oh, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. They're going to make it. They never make it. They're finally here after ridiculous playoff success. Um but like Tampa, they're just, they're so deep. Like even like Kucherov, he hasn't played, right? That seems like an issue, right? Tampa is deep enough that they could like shelter Kucherov and have him on like, I don't know, the third line, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, I, it's difficult for me to not put my money on Tampa just because of everything that team has been through. What do you think Joel Quinville gives the Panthers uh, in this playoff series that maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise? Oh man, that is a very good question. Um, because Chicago, they don't, they don't, they really don't get enough credit for being feisty and scrappy. And I, and I don't mean necessarily tough. I mean, Tampa won last year because Tampa should have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas Chicago, the three years that they won, uh, every year they were bashing heads with the Kings who in any other year could have won. And every year they were bashing heads with the blues who in any other year could have won. Like there were no, oh, the, the, the red wings on their way down, you know, like there the were sharks too. the sharks. Like th- there were no easy paths really for those Chicago teams. And we, we joke about the 2015 one. I mean, Quinville is a master of matchups on account of he had three functional defensemen and won a Stanley Cup uh, with them. Uh, the one the one thing that I think he's going to sorely miss is Aaron Ekblad. Um, yeah. You know, that does Tough. make things. Yeah, it makes, and especially against Tampa, for the love of God, who just comes at you in waves. Um, but you got to make Barkov the... Uh, this is this is his coming out party. I mean, we've all known about him for a long time, but he hasn't really been viewed as a superstar. And if he finds a way to not just shut Tampa down, but outscore them while he does it, like actually find a way to turn the puck over the other way, 
mm-hmm. put it in the back of their net. If he can do that, if he can be Jonathan Taves for Joel Quinville, they got a fighting chance. Absolutely. There was one stat I was looking at today that I thought was pretty, pretty interesting, pretty cool. It was uh, Tampa is the only team this season to win every game they led after two periods. Wow. So when they, when they lead after two periods, they are 26 and 0 this season. So the last team to do it was the Pittsburgh Penguins in the year they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, that was 39 and 0 in 15 16. And then the team to go undefeated after winning, after leading after two years before that was the Chicago Blackhawks, who won the cup in 14 15. They mm-hmm. went 25 and 0. So I don't know what it seems like there's something. In it, in it, and with teams that can shut it down after you have the lead after two periods, because I feel like Tampa they know how to win, and I'm not gonna, I don't want to pick Florida in this matchup because I think there's too much experience there with the team who, if they get the lead, getting going into the third, they can guarantee themselves, hey, we're gonna walk away with a victory in this game. It's, and I, th- I just thought it was fascinating that the other two teams go undefeated were the uh, Pittsburgh and Chicago who won, went on to win the Stanley Cup. It's an interesting matchup because it's one of the rare times where the numbers all point to one team uh-huh. and our hearts and minds completely disagree with the numbers, like just based on what we've seen. And it's nothing against the Panthers. I mean, Jesus, they're one of the strongest teams in the league, but they're going up against easily the best three seed in the league, in the entire league. And they might finish with fewer points in Minnesota. Uh, they they still got a game left, but I, how is the the reigning Stanley Cup champions? You have you have home ice advantage in round one, and you draw the reigning Stanley Cup champions who are getting the the heart winner from two years ago back. Oh, life's not fair. Florida finally gets in, and that's the the hand they're dealt. Well, right. Good luck. And like not all the numbers point towards Tampa because uh, Florida did they led the division in goals per game and they led in shots. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm saying the numbers favored Florida. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yeah. Florida is definitely the better team statistically, but I don't think anybody's really picking them. Up yet. Um, yeah, only because, and I think I think there's also just from a fan perspective, even if you don't watch the teams regularly, it's just it's Tampa's been a monster to play against since at least. What 2013, 24? I know they missed in 2015, but Stamkos was out. Like it's it's they've just been every year they're this they're seemingly unstoppable. They did win the cup finally last year, but they're just this unstoppable force every year, usually for a and while. There, there's a little added incentive too for the Tampa Bay Lightning because a lot of them were with that 2015 team that ended up going to the Stanley Cup final against Chicago and losing. Right. And it stuck in their craw for years. And they were finally able to, you know, exercise those demons and win in the bubble. And now you got a chance to get your vengeance face to face against Joel Quinville. Interesting. And he's he he knows them. So it'll be very that will be a more interesting matchup than I think people are giving it credit for. Now let's move on to the Mass Mutual East Division. Pittsburgh. Also, just one thing just to mention uh for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They did on uh the Monday game versus the Panthers. They're the first NHL team ever to lice, uh ice a line of three uh black players. Yes, uh, right. The what are they? The rain. I think out in California. Yes. They, Ontario they, rain. The Ontario rain. Yes. They did it with uh, the AHL team there, but Tampa became the first ever uh, NHL team to do it. 
Amazing. It was Walcott, uh, Smith, and uh, Matthew it- Joseph. Yes. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. shout out to them for that. That's really cool. And Joseph, uh, he was a guy who was highlighted as just, he, he. I don't know if he even got into a game in the bubble, but he was just this like, this uh, beacon of positivity for the team and everything. It's it's great to see him like guys who won, but they weren't quite in the lineup. It'd be nice to see him get a more prominent role here in this, in this playoff run. I know too, that uh, it was funny hearing the head coach talk after the game, because he said, you know, as much as this is a historical moment, it'd be nice when this isn't news anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's wild. It's still news. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, you know, it's a really salient point is like, we got to get to the point where this isn't news anymore, but it is, and it's historic and it's incredible. And it's too bad. It took us this long. Great to see. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. Cause we shouldn't be in 2021 talking about, Oh, three black players were on the ice. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, literally. But we seen? literally are the, 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 uh, the Jackie Robinson movie, uh, and like Harrison Ford is Branch Ricky, and they're like on the phone, like Branch, we're not even going to play you if you if you put Jackie Robinson in, and uh, and it, and then I feel like the NHL. What like, was that voice? Was well, that you voice? know, we're not going to play it. We're gonna. We're, and, His old timey voice. Yeah, you know, and and nineteen forties voice, I guess. Yeah. And uh, and and I just, I, it's like the NHL. It's like now that's happening now. <laughs> right. Uh. Anyway, um, let's get on to <laughs> progress is slow. It's molasses. They should bring back those 75 patches but but underneath just right years behind (laughs) they are they're almost literally when did jackie robinson play his first mlb game uh it was in the 40s jesse yeah early 50s 51 52 something somewhere in there he he wore 42 maybe that's where some of the confusion is but like it's ridiculous right it's a little bit ridiculous 1947 Come on. You see, Branch, we just wrapped up in Europe, you see, and we're not going to play it. Uh, I think... Uh, Tampa's I think- got this new line. Stop. It features three... <laughs> three players. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> I've right, never understood league. the stop. Anyway. East Division. East Division. Let's get yes. to it. Pittsburgh and the Islanders. This will be interesting. Pittsburgh is much better than we thought that they were going to be this year. Yeah, we saw them as like a playoff team, but I don't know if anybody saw them as being the dominant force that they've become. Uh, Norris candidate, Cody Cece leading the way. But really, I mean, the story <laughs> is... I, I know, I know. He's been good. Yeah. I know. I'm mad. Listen, I'm upset about it. I don't Dubis like... Dubas was I, I right. To, could he have Dubis been that should, for us? Dubas should be, be screaming, I was right, to everybody in the media. Because Cody Cece is a competent player for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Dubas saw that in him, and he never got it out of him when he was in Toronto. He looked fine on their third pair. Right. Maybe if they had Morgan Riley, it would have been okay. But anyway, we move on. Islanders, Pittsburgh, (laughs) you've got got Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. I mean, it's been the Sidney Crosby year in Pittsburgh. He's been unbelievable. And you can say that for most of the last 15 years. Um, But the Islanders play this style that sometimes bores you to death, but it's very effective. Are they going to be able to contend with the Pittsburgh Penguins? I like that you called them a boa constrictor before. Um, they're so far behind. Uh, I don't, because NHL.com is terrible. I don't know where they rank in terms of goals scored, but uh, they're, they're bottom half. Yeah, they they're have 156. Bo- and for context, the Pittsburgh Penguins have 196. And they lead the league. They lead the league. They lead the league with 196. But 
Only Vegas has allowed fewer goals than the New York Islanders, 128. You take a breath, they constrict. You take another breath, they constrict. I will say this. um, Usually the hallmark of a real great team is killer road record. Their home record is nearly undefeated, and it should give Pittsburgh pause. Holy cow, do you need to win I would say both of the first two games of the series. The Islanders are 21, four and three at home, but on the road, 11, 13 and four. Yuck. And Uh, Pittsburgh has a better record than them at home. Do they not? Oh, do they? Yeah. yeah, Pittsburgh is 22, four and two. So, and and what, 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 what do they got on? Okay. It's not much better on the road, but at least it's above 500 and they're tied for the hottest team in the league. Um, it's them in Florida and Edmonton, by the way, who have eight wins in their last oh, 10 wow. games. Let me throw this at you too. Um, just, I don't think this stat matters, but the Penguins who have scored 196 have also allowed 156, which is as many goals as the Islanders have scored this year. Gee, I don't know if that means anything, but I just thought that was a funny coincidence. And by the way, their spread, like the, diff- <laughs> the goal differential doesn't really, it's not that it's not that different. Like we're talking 30 goals for the for the Penguins, right? 40 goals. And no, then, it's plus 40 for Pittsburgh, plus 28 for the Islanders. Closer than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, closer than you think. Uh, the Leafs, by the way, when when did the Leafs get the fourth best goal differential in the league? Anyway, oh, sorry, wow. just I was very distracted by all that. Um, Pittsburgh is an interesting team because they changed the story. Um, you know, last year, I think some teams, uh, like the Habs in a good way, allowed the bubble to sort of write their story. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a winning record when they fired Claude Julian, which is odd for a team that finished 24th in the NHL last year. But because they won that series against Pittsburgh, they gave the Flyers a run for their money. They said to themselves, this is who we are. But it's the Penguins who buckled. And look how they answered back. Right. They've answered back. Sidney Crosby has been fantastic. They've gotten far better goaltending. Um, they've gotten some good performances from, you know, unusual places. Matheson trade's been okay. Cody Cece's been pretty good. Jared McCann having an extraordinarily underrated season there. Brian Rust having a very underrated season there. It's when the Penguins are good, this is what it looks like. It's yes, their star players are good. They're always going to be dependable, but they're getting performances out of guys where you go, oh, I love their complimentary pieces around Crosby and Malkin. Like you go down the list of their wingers and it's it's Kapanen, it's Zucker, it's Gensel, it's Rust, it's Tanev. Like that's it's a solid core around those two guys. And even like Jeff Carter as their third center and Teddy Blue. Oh, like it, I forgot it's, about it's him. Fun, it's a yeah. really it's a really talented team. Hey, here's the stat. Every team that's ever traded for Jeff Carter at the trade deadline has won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, no, but it's- <laughs> the LA Kings. End of list. <laughs> the LA, oh. It's true. Man, he's he's uh, in 14 games as a penguin, nine goals, oh, two wow. assists for 11 points. Bro, he's been real good. I didn't know. Real that. good. That's awesome. Real good. No penalty minutes, plus nine. Goofy. Goofy. Um, and you know, on the Islanders, they got Leo Komarov on the first line. Oh, Listen, 
That's that is uh, that's impact player Leo Komarov, who's who was on waivers earlier this year. Yeah, but he um, butt ended David Pasternak, so we're all talking about him. Okay, yeah. So so I want to I do want to move on to the next the next matchup in this division, so we can get to all the matchups. Washington and Boston. They actually finished the season playing each other. Washington took that two to one. Let um, them fight. <laughs> yeah, because this is going to be, and we mentioned this last episode. This is going to be the heavy hitter series. This is. I think the one to watch outside of whatever team you're cheering for and whatever team you've committed to, this is going to be nasty. I feel like this is going to be a throwback to like, you know, six, seven years ago, mean, you know, remember the flyers and penguins and, and the Washington penguins, like just nasty mean series. And that's what it seems like this is going to be. It, you know, we, we have been defending the North division an awful lot, but, uh, outside of, I mean, Philly was weirdly awful, mm-hmm. especially in the back half this year. We all knew New Jersey was going to suck. We all knew Buffalo was going to suck. Uh, but I looked at this division. We all looked at this division at the beginning of the year. We went, okay, there's the Rangers who are up and coming. There's the mm-hmm. Islanders who seem like a gimme. There's the Capitals who seem like a gimme. There's the Penguins who seem like a gimme. And randomly, we just throw the Bruins into the mix like i mean that's probably the best group of four teams right mm-hmm. i think so oh, it doesn't yeah. mean it's the best division but it best, maybe kind of does top four sure <laughs> best top four uh yeah. certainly i think the north is a little bit more even but uh that's the that's the best top four there's nowhere to breathe um the penguins are unreal capitals unreal bruins they don't care that they're the lower seed and don't have home ice advantage. Mm-hmm. Islanders, same thing. Um, and like you said, it's going to be nasty. And watching the Bruins play Zdeno Chara in the playoffs, oh, Santa, I don't ask for much. Give me seven. Please give me seven. I just want to see seven. Santa, uh, please give me seven. Make them all go to triple overtime. Who do you Santa. give the edge to in that series? Can I weigh in here? Yes. I'm hoping. I'm oh. like you guys to. The the edge, I think, goes to the Bruins simply because the big four, I'm calling the big four, Ovechkin, Oshie, Carlson, Backstrom, all within the last week have been out with injury. So I don't know how healthy uh, this, and I'm, I'm leaving out Kuznetsov because he's on the uh, COVID uh, protocol list. So I don't even know if he's going to be ready for game one. So I don't, I, I don't know going against the Bruins who all they do is bully people. If this <laughs> half injured, everybody's injured at this point of the season. But if you're missing significant time within the last week heading into the playoffs, especially Ovechkin, I think you got to give the, the edge to the slightly healthier team who likes to push people around. And let us not forget that the Bruins acquired Taylor Hall for a second round pick. <laughs> Who has been extremely good, by the that's, way. That's that what I mean. goal that's, he scored? If he was playing like that in Buffalo, it would have been a first. Well, so I was I was looking up his numbers. I probably won't be able to find them in time. I know uh, what you tweeted. But pull up your tweet. Pull up your tweet. All right. Let me – here, let me try to find my tweet here. Um, but basically, Taylor Hall, a lot of people don't like him. I get it. He's overrated. I get it. Sure, sure, sure. Fine, fine, fine. But one thing I can tell you about him, even if you don't like him, he is not going to shoot 2.3% forever. And I think he, he had the fourth worst shooting percentage out of all forwards who had played at least 10 games or something like that. That simply wasn't going to remain a thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can't find it. I can't find it right now. But his shooting percentage right now with the Bruins is something like 20. <laughs> so now it's maybe a little higher than it should be. But it, he's shooting like 10 times the rate that he was uh, with the Buffalo Sabres. And there's David Krejci who turns it up every year. I'm sure Bruins fans are dying to see what Trent Frederick brings against a guy like Tom Wilson. I think you're right. I think I might actually favor the Bruins here. Yeah, I'm. I we could live to regret this. I also think uh, outside of Boston, I don't think Bruce Cassidy gets enough credit for how good of a coach he is. He's a really good coach. The, the he big is toss up, the big toss up this series, besides not even knowing who's going to be playing or not, is uh, the goaltending. Now, it's really young in Washington, and the Bruins have sort of had this carousel of Rask and Halak and Swayman, who's been really good. Um, I'm very interested to see which team wins the series and who their starter is for the clinching game. Dark horse, interesting note for the offseason. I wonder if this is Tuka Rask's last year in Boston. Feels like it is. It's weird. He's one of those guys who it feels like it could be his last year then. Like, he's not bad enough to retire, but it seems like the only team he wants to play for is Boston. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I think I found your uh, the Taylor Hall shooting percentage tweets here. So he was shooting uh, with Buffalo. He was shooting 2.3%, like you Terrible. said. And Chris Johnston on April 12th tweeted that that was the seventh worst single season shooting percentage among all NHL players since 2013-14. And then since the trade, he's been shooting 16.7%, which is 2% more than his Hart Trophy winning season. So Come on, guys. Wow. Yeah. You don't got to think he's going to maintain <laughs> that. And like you could cut that in half, and it would still be four times better. Right. <laughs> like th- this was never going to sustain. Um, and I mean, he I, didn't he lead the league in breakaways, and he didn't score on one of them or something yep. like that. Heading That's into crazy. his trade against Boston, he had like nine, and he didn't score on any of them. Michael Grabner, like it's it was never going to maintain. Then all of a sudden, they the Bruins add him, and he's with Krejci and Smith, like. Oh, man, I'm sorry, Caps fans, but that is uh, it's a tough matchup. Take it from me. Uh, now going on to the Honda West Division. So everything's sort of sorted out here. Um, I like how are- you get in the sponsorships. Uh, yeah, I just... <laughs> so do they. You. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? They paid all this money for it. Why not? Why not a, a niche podcast? Um, the So we've got Vegas and St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota. I want to start with Vegas and St. Louis because I think Colorado, Minnesota is more interesting. There is a 21-point spread between the St. Louis Blues and the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas obviously wrapping up, I believe, the President's Trophy last night with the Leafs losing. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty insane to think that, like, if I had told you in 2017 that this team was going to be not only in the Stanley Cup Finals, and then they, I think they did a conference finals or a second round after that, and now they're winning the President's Trophy. I don't even know if the Leafs have ever won the President's Trophy. If Colorado wins their last game, they get the President's Trophy. They get it. Yeah. Okay. They own the tiebreaker over Vegas. I think the tiebreaker is head-to-head. Oh. So. Or is it regulation wins because Colorado so is 34? It's not that because um, oh. else, they, else Vegas would have clinched already. And oh. they still have a little X next to their name. If you look okay, at the it's not a Y. All right. Oh. So, so they okay. haven't clinched yet. So we're going to have to play hypothetical today. Yes. 
Okay. Cause St. <laughs> Louis is playing Minnesota tonight too. So this will be very interesting. Although it, it doesn't really affect their, their standings that much. No. If Vegas plays St. Louis, <laughs> what's that series look like? Who do you guys give the edge to? I think St. Louis will die at the hands of whoever they face. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, wow. there, there, dude, there are two teams in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs who have a negative goal differential. Um, well, St. Louis can change that. They would have to really kick Minnesota's ass, um, but they're a negative five. The Habs are negative nine. Um, Vegas just mercs them. Colorado just mercs them. I mean, this game is extraordinarily important. You want to play Minnesota or St. Louis? I think you want to play St. Louis. Come on. You got a team that's negative five goal differential versus plus 25. Not to mention, well, actually, St. Louis has been pretty decent lately. I was expecting to see something totally different. They're six, one, and three. However, (laughs) over the course of the whole season, I mean, ah, there's... If you're St. Louis, you're watching and you're just going, ah, bring it on. Who cares? Like, it's it's not going to be fun no matter what. Um, and you're going to have a hard time uh, beating whoever you face. Philip Grubauer, by the way, for the Avalanche, is quietly put together like a Vesna-worthy season. A ridic- oh, I meant to shout out Chris Letang as well um, it, with Pittsburgh. Talking about a, a, tro- a guy that could get some uh, trophy votes. Chris Letang, with all the injuries he's had, holy shit, he's been great. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there. It's going to be a weird year uh, in terms of voting because, like, I, I got someone chirping me like, oh, I bet you don't even watch their games or whatever. And I'm like, how many hours do you think are in my day? Do you think there's more than 24? Is that how you think this works? How much hockey do you think? And, like, it was easier, like, back, you know, if I was in the Sportsnet studio and I had a literally wall of televisions. Yeah, it was easier, but... No, so people are going to be going by numbers a lot more, and a guy like Latang, if he's got amazing numbers, is going to get more votes. No, Steve, why didn't you watch Philly Detroit on a Tuesday night? Yeah. Like, how dare you? From Little Caesars, because oh. I value my humanity. Like, what the <laughs> Detroit? I, you know how many? I'd rather just, I'd rather play Red Dead all the way through until I was done, and I'm not allowed to sleep until I'm done. I would honestly, then, then that stop that. How dare you? What was the original question? The original question. And I will amend the question <laughs> who matches up better against Minnesota. So whoever takes this is going to be Vegas or Colorado. St. Louis is like, Oh, we'll have to take whoever we get. Who has the better chance against Minnesota who I think are better than what their record suggests. And that's not like they have a bad record, but I think if they had been like this all year, Rather than I think the first twenty games they were sort of figuring themselves out, and then Capri, is it Kaprizov or Kaprizov? Whatever. Let's uh, stick with one. When, I'm going to say Kaprizov. When he shows up, holy shit! It's it's a just a different team. And yeah, we talked about them selling at the deadline. Like yeah. we had those yep. conversations, and yep. then for some reason their season just turned around. Playoffs are a different beast. You got two goalies. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury does not care about how old he is. He did disregards. Is is every year um, the number on his cake goes down? Like it's it it, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They got Petrangelo, who you can use to target someone. They got Mark Stone, who you can use to target someone. Um, and I'm not saying Minnesota's a one line or one player team. They're not. But I think Vegas is better suited to handle a team like Minnesota. And it's nothing against Colorado. It's 
more about uh, Colorado's had a few more injuries. I want to say Nathan McKinnon missed a game or two uh, or had to leave a game or, or something like that. I just think Vegas is better suited for Minnesota, but I, I just, I, I think those are two of the best teams in the national hockey league. Is Vegas Colorado in the second round? Cause I think we all agree that the West division is going to be Vegas Colorado in the second round. Is that the Stanley cup final? Is it could be the two series. three matchup in in the first round in the central. <laughs> like it could be Florida Tampa. Like is it, there's no uh there aren't any bad teams in this year's playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, every year you go them? Like there's always at least one team. No. No, I don't but, know, Adam. What do you think about the Preds? <laughs> buddy. They've been good. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Dude, Steve, Steve, lots of teams have been good for 10-game stretches. This is not a, wow. great, team. Not a great team. You know who's I, a good team? You know who's a really good team? When we talk good teams, the Ottawa Senators. That's a good team. The you, Ottawa you know, Senators are going to make really? the playoffs next year. There's my big prediction. I, I had a line in my LFR today. Heading into last night's game, I was saying to myself, all right, the Leafs have two games left. They're going to play the third-best team in Canada and the Jets. Dude, the Sens legitimately they're amazing if you erase the first like what 20% of the season really not that much are they're a playoff team in the and North. I think had this been an 82 game season which it isn't they would have made it oh yeah oh yeah the, the way they're going you guys are overrating a portion of the season where they weren't in contention Hell there's no. something to be said for a team that's not playing for anything playing above expectation. I think they, you're, I think that I take that point Jesse, but I think when you've got it when you've done it for 35 of 56 games the way they have uh, I mean really it was what game 2021 that they really kicked it into gear. Um, to me they're I mean the Leafs the Leafs had a, a hell of a time with them this year. What did they, they did they even split the season series? Did Ottawa win the season series? Like I think they might have I don't I it wasn't might've. good. Um, oh. I, I I don't know. I I actually think I, I agree with you in the sense that next year people will play them differently, play them mm-hmm. harder, won't take them, won't take them not seriously. But I also think the Ottawa Senators now have that kind of young, ignorant confidence that young teams get where it's like, we can literally do anything. And, and I think that they're going to be able to add this offseason sneakily. And if yeah. the goaltending thing sorted out, calm down, whatever it is they need to do, I don't see any reason why they can't make the playoffs next year. Shades of the Leafs, though. Because they were up three mm-hmm. one, and those two goals, like you tend to not look at it this way. Like when you're cheering for a certain team, you cheer for your players and what they do. Um, and all Tavares and Matthews did was shoot, because no one was anywhere near them. <laughs> like, both those guys make over eleven mil. Can someone get these guys a game sheet? There was, they're they're still real young and still real green defensively, um, but. They try really freaking hard and they can score. And when they get a few saves, which Gustafson made for them, they can do anything. As long as we're talking about the playoffs. How do yes. we get on to the Sens? <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> what I do want to get back to is this. Okay. I'm going to give you, because this is really, really what it comes down to. No offense to St. Louis, but this is what I think is going to happen in the West. You're going to have two teams out of these three that are going to make it to the second round. Who are they going to be? Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, Jesse Blake. Who do you think? I have Vegas and Colorado. Steve Dangle. Yeah, those two. I'm going to say Minnesota, Vegas. 
<laughs> Yo. <laughs> okay, so Blues, fourth, negative five goal differential. Minnesota, third, plus 25, huge jump. Colorado, plus 60. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas, plus 67. <laughs> Man. But I, like I said, like with Ottawa, Minnesota wasn't this good. We talked about them potentially selling at the deadline. Minnesota is not this good. Was and not this good. Is this good? The, the number one defense of the North Division, by the way, is the West. Uh, because it's yeah. Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota kicking the shit out of the Kings, Sharks, and Ducks. And then there's the Blues and Coyotes like, we don't like you. And sort of fighting amongst each other, and the Blues ended up winning. But it's it's Vegas, Colorado. Wouldn't be shocked if Minnesota squeaked out a series win there, but it's those two. Let's be Can honest. Can I get your other two teams' picks for the other divisions? I'm just going to write them down so we have them for uh, the next round. We could look back and see who got the uh, most right. Oh, we should write, we should write them down? Yeah, yeah. All right. so who are, your, who are your North Division picks? I have, I have Vegas, Minnesota for Adam, for the West, uh, Vegas, Colorado for Steve, and Vegas, Colorado for me for the West. Okay, so yep. we're going North now? North, yeah. Toronto, Edmonton. Yep, there it is. East Division. Right. Uh, East Division, oh, baby. <sighs> Pittsburgh... No disrespect to the Islanders. I'm doing it again. Yeah. But uh, uh, Pittsburgh, and I got Boston, actually. I actually think it's going to be all black and gold in the East Division as well. Pittsburgh, Boston. And again, no disrespect to the Islanders or the Caps. Um, I'm just a Bruce Cassidy guy. And also, I I should have learned my lesson, of, what, two years running now, betting against the Islanders, but here we are. Uh, see, see, you, see you in the final there, Boston. And... <laughs> My therapist two weeks later. <laughs> Jesse, who are you taking in the East? Adam, so you were Boston-Pittsburgh, right? That's correct. Yeah. All right. Um, I also have it, Boston-Pittsburgh. And do you have Toronto-Edmonton oh. in the North? I have Toronto-Edmonton Just so we're well. clear. Okay, yes. Carolina-Nashville. Uh, Carolina, come on now. Oh, I thought everybody was a big old Preds fan on this show. I didn't know that. Oh, better eat some crow. No, Adam, it was – your battle was Nashville-Dallas. All right. And they lost. They they won that battle of cowboy hats. They did. <laughs> they did. They did. All right. Steve, you're going with Carolina. Who listens to yes. country music and their truck harder? You know? It's Nashville. Tennessee. Yeah, Nashville, apparently. Like we all expected. Um, Jesse? Uh, I'm going with Carolina Tampa. But now that I'm looking at like all my picks, I have it as uh, chalk except for Tampa, and like I, I feel like it never, it's never gonna play out that way with one upset mm-hmm. unless it does. But so I might go ahead and change it then, but... coward. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll stick with it, I guess. I don't okay, know. I'm I'm gonna go Carolina Panthers, Carolina and the Panthers. So then the Carolina Panthers can shout out Carolina and the Panthers for playing in the second round. But also, I think, I think, here's the thing with the Tampa Bay Lightning that, that, that people don't focus on enough unless you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. They have this gene, I know they won the cup, where they do explode or implode maybe is the right way to say it. There are times where the, the Lightning do lose catastrophically. They're oh, like yeah. a sports car that has one faulty part and it goes... Bang. Now well, they've they've changed a lot. Obviously they won the cup, but I wanna I'm for funsies, I'm taking the Panthers. One of my favorite points CJ made last year was game one, Tampa Columbus went to quintuple overtime. 
Mm-hmm. And if Columbus wins that game, Tampa might be up first round. But they happen to win it. Holy shit, boys, we did it. And all of a sudden, they make quick work of them and basically everybody else. Um, and they end up winning the cup. I have the Hurricanes and I have the Lightning. That's the smart pick. I know. I mean, no one's going to deny that. <laughs> that it is the smart pick. I mean, if you're if you're if you're putting money on this, those are the that's the pick you should make in the Tampa versus uh, Panthers series. You have to. But it, that's why they play the games. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's right. Okay, so shall we do the press conference? Let's do it. All right. The presser SDP. The Steve Dangle press conference. Steve, I have a game for you. Oh, boy. Okay. Is your brain ready? There's only one way to find out. All right. Let's dial it back all the way to 2017. On Uh February 6th. Here we go. The Leafs had a game. They played the Islanders. The Leafs had a significant event with young players on that team. What happened in that game? February 6th, 2017. Mm-hmm. This is from Grins Above. And I, I, think, I think you're going to get this game. And then there's a specific thing Grins Above wants you to do with the events that happened in this game. First, you got to tell me what happened. See, I'm thinking of the hmm, I'm thinking of the five nothing win where Hall got his first goal and Dermot got his first goal, but I believe that was the next season. Hmm. Was that on the dad's trip? I think it was. 2017? Uh, maybe uh, Grins Above has the game wrong. Oh, but, um, can you check? I will check. I will check. Because um, I don't think Dermot made his Leafs debut until the following year. So you think at this event, I think you're right. Because I just Googled it and it may have been 2018. <laughs> wow. Steve knows <laughs> better than the question. <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay. <laughs> so was I right? It was five nothing. So um, well, now that was you it? know the event, I think it was, and it was Hall's first goal, and it was Dermot's first goal. All right, I'm going to read the whole tweet to you, so I can find the actual game. February okay. 6, 2017, the Leafs played the Islanders in Brooklyn. The Leafs had five. Oh, rookies. in Brooklyn. Yes. Oh no! This is a different game. The Leafs had because that was in Toronto. Five rookies score in that game. Can you name all five and what was the final score? Oh, I do remember this game. Do you remember this game? Okay. Okay. So, it is the correct game. It's the correct date. I found it here. I have all of the rookies who scored. Okay. Can you name them all? Twenty seventeen. So you you do not know better than the question, Steve. You're not that smart. You are not Ken Jennings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. This game, 
I believe it was a mess defensively. Do you know the final score? No. And can you start I'll, naming rookies? Uh, give me. Was it six five? You nailed that. Okay. Uh huh. So, so five they, they got one from a non rookie. <laughs> nope they uh, they lost six five. Oh, they lost six five. Yes, yes. The Leafs lost this game in overtime to the Islanders. Brock Nelson scored an OT. That's such a Leaf thing. <laughs> they had five. They had five different rookies scoring a game, and they lost. Yeah. And, oh, and a guy scored four goals in his debut. Lost. <laughs> Jesus, guys. Okay. Okay. Like you'll never understand cheering for this team if you don't. Watch your blood um, pressure. <laughs> I am gonna. No, I'm not ready. Um. Okay. You'd think Matthews has one of them. You got one correct answer. Um, Hyman? You have two correct answers. Do you have any more correct answers? There were four goals in the first period. Two two at the end. The, the Leafs scored. F- oh oh oh. Yeah. yeah. Kuhlman like, scored that game. Of course. For the Islanders. Because of I course. what? Uh, I uh, Soshnikov. You have three correct answers. You are okay. three for three so far. Ooh, wow, Sosh! I forgot about Sosh. <laughs> oh, how oh, could you forget about Sosh? How uh, dare you? What's he how doing? How dare now? you, Mister Nikita? Uh, lighting up the KHL. He's great. He's great. Uh, Nikita get an NHL job if you want was assisted by Nikita Zeit. Zeit. So Marner was obviously on that team and mm-hmm. in that game. I don't think he scored. Mm. And Zaitsev, I want to say, like, he took forever to score his first goal. But that's February, you said? Yes. February 6th, 2017. I think Zaitsev was one of them. Eh. No! First incorrect guess. Mm-hmm. So far. So I got Hyman Matthews Sosh. Mm-hmm. You got two more goals. You got one more guess. Right now you're three for four. It's pretty good. If you went if you were playing baseball and you're you went up to a play and you hit three for four that day, I'd be like, that's a pretty good afternoon at the ballpark. So yeah. Kapanen wasn't really on that team until like the end of the season. Okay. I guess uh, logically Marner, but I think it's wrong. Yeah, Marner did score. He scored okay. in the second period. Well, there you go. So you got four out of five. That's not bad. And Who then else was you a can rookie? take a stab at the last the last one. Who else was a rookie? Who else was a rookie? Was Nylander technically a rookie? Nylander scored. There you go. There are your there five you rookies. All right. That's not bad. I, one one Zaitsev. Zaitsev had like three goals, <laughs> and I guessed him. Uh, Nylander scored. He was assisted by Connor Carrick and Nazem Kadri. Oh, man. I wish Connor Carrick worked out here, man. I mean, he worked out here, but he didn't work out. In the oh, team. he worked out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did work out. Connor Cakes. Thick legs. Connor got the cakes. Man, he was, he was electric with the Marlies. Electric. electric. All right. I'm very Adam. disappointed in my performance. Adam, yes, are you Jesse. ready for a question? Yep. 
Do you think the Leafs' downfall will be their power play? That's from Pepler Travis. And this for me? Yeah. Well, you and Steve. But Adam, you can go first. What do you think? Do you think no. this playoffs, the, the downfall is going to be the power play? Because no, that's I'd be, the biggest area of struggle. I t- I'll tell you this. Your power play can get going. It can be streaky. Now, they've had a, a pretty rough go with their power play. Um, but I think, I think I'd be more worried if they were struggling five on five. And that's something that they had been struggling. Remember, they had dominant power plays in the past, but five on five, well, it looks a little shaky. I'd much rather be solid as hell five on five because that's how you're playing the majority of the game. Yes, do you want the power play to be humming along at 100%? Sure. But you're going to have, every team is going to have problems. There's not going to be a perfect NHL team anywhere, especially with a salary cap. And even if you didn't have a salary cap and could spend $150 million, you'd still have weaknesses. It's just the way it is. And so if that's the weakness, that is a manageable weakness. Not only do you only get about six minutes a game on the power play, but the Toronto Maple Leafs have the firepower to figure it out. They do. I think uh, they'll go back to a more similar setup to what they had earlier in the season where Tavares and Nylander on the second unit and all of a sudden, you know, your top PK units going, Jesus, what do we do? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And also, I hope they look at the tape and they look at, uh, the goal that they scored yesterday and they go, oh, it's because we tried something different because mm-hmm. Wayne Simmons gets the puck in the corner and every other player out of the 10 cycles that around the boards and Wayne goes, it's Wayne Simmons time and he crashes the net with it and he doesn't come away with a shot on goal, but he's got two guys on him now. Puck squirts loose to Kerfoot. He looks at the net. I got nothing passes it behind him telepathically to Thornton who gives it to Muzzin blasts it. It goes in. I don't know if it's the neatest play of all time, but a guy who didn't even get an assist decided Leroy Jenkins, and I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do something different. Like they, they gotta identify the issues with their power play. And a big one is they love holding on to the puck. It's mine, mine in completely, completely not dangerous scenarios. You can't just have it. you got to at least have the goalie heart rate go up by having the puck in the slot, for God's sake. You know what I mean? But I totally agree with what Adam said. I'd much rather be better five on five. Awesome, awesome. And I have to shout out uh, Michael Lang, who sponsors today's podcast. I want to read his little note here. Uh, Michael says he's in the state, so he donated a couple dollars, 55, to Cancer Research Institute. It's been two years since we learned that my dad had esophageal cancer. And since he's older, I didn't know how much time I would have left with him. Fast forward to today, and he is over a year removed from being told he is cancer-free. Round of applause. Wow. There we go. That's great. We are lifelong Red Wings fans, but he happily jumped on the bandwagon with me when I became a Leafs fan in 2011, even though I refused to cheer for his beloved New England Patriots. Thanks again, guys. Love the pod. That's from Michael. (laughs) What a a fulfilling (laughs) life. Dude cheered for the Red Wings up until recently and the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. But the the rough part is is when you're like, hey, I'm going to be a Leafs fan starting in 2011. 2011. (laughs) Yeah. Terrible. What made you think that was okay? It it had to be Tim Brent. 
Had to be. <laughs> that's what that's what got him over. The, oh, the block, the slap shot with his nuts, and he's like, that's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it's, the one that blocked the slap shot with their face on the Leafs? And it was like, holy crap. There was a... Uh, Morgan Riley, game seven, 2018. I'm talking earlier. I'm probably... Like, no. We're talking like... We're talking like 09, 08, something Grubowski like that. scored a goal with his head. Uh-huh. Oh, was it last so playoff or the playoffs before where Mitch had his block at the very end of the game? 2019, game that three. 20, that was, okay, 2019, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a cool one by Mitch. I think we were all there. Yes, we yeah. were. Well, Adam and I were in the lottery seats, I believe. Yes, we you were. were. You were up top. That's when Pierre Maguire was tapping Brad Marchand's <laughs> butt. We were like, what's happening here? Why is this? That's enough of that. <laughs> How about you quit it? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal. They could be buddies. I mean, yeah. hope not. But back then I was like, oh, mad because the Leafs are losing and I'm, I'm internet mad about it. And <laughs> it was. I still love that I made half the Bruins bench turn around in 2018. What did you do? Uh, there was a face-off right next to the benches and Marchand trip Marner off a false face-off, like off a false start. And I, from those seats between the benches, go, typical! <laughs> and, and like, Danton Heinen looked at me like, like a, bu- a bunch of them turned around. Did any of them recognize you? I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be nice if one of them, like, waved and gave you the finger or something like that. Hey, man, frig off. Yeah, Marshan stuck his tongue through the glass. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, it's going to be very, very exciting. And obviously, um, the, the I cannot wait to watch Boston and, and Washington on Saturday night. Uh, it's going to be an incredible, incredible playoff year. And we'll leave you with just the most, just like the funnest thing, is the, and that is the playoffs. It's a demolition derby. The first two rounds are always the most fun for everybody. So enjoy this. The next month is going to be a ride. And no matter what happens, let's all have fun together. And thank God the Leafs don't have to play the Bruins. Isn't that great? Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll it's see. not great that they have to play <laughs> Montreal, but, but still better. Still better. Anyway, we'll see you also, on Monday. Uh, shout out to Adam Wilde who got his vaccine today. Congratulations. <laughs> Damn, looking vax, bro. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> you got a farmer's stand already? I know. What is that? So it's because I have I have the convertible and and I I have I've been outside for like three days and I already have my farmers. I have okay. If you've worked outside for like I have like a built-in farmer's tan, so all year round I have this. But then in the summertime, it just gets crazy. Your arm looks ridiculous. I I know. I I hope you know that. You have Adam. It was like nine degrees like two days ago literally i have a farmer's tan that is all it's 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 fried into my skin no two weeks ago i know i know and it's like the second their son my farmer's tan's like hey you want to not get laid this summer cool (laughs) (laughs) so anyway all right unless it's in like a cornfield because you're a farmer that could be that it's it's not that though i'm farmers (laughs) only.com should check it out anyway <laughs> not is part that of our advertising thing? schedule yeah. yeah have you never heard of farmers only the dating app farmers only.com they have that jingle for their yeah. the commercial because steve what? only a farmer could understand dating a farmer okay that's part of the commercial steve you need to look up farmers only commercials that's so specific well i would imagine <laughs> that it's difficult to date a farmer because it's a very specific career. It's a lifestyle, really. I'm going to play and you a commercial from Farmer's Own. Who's easy to date? And like, no, but that's different. It is different. I can understand. 
Is there a like a morning radio show host one? <laughs> no, there is not. You get up at like 1:30 in the morning and like like <laughs> that's got to be difficult. It is. <laughs> Play it, Jesse, whenever you're ready. Where are all the country girls? They're on the In the country, you moron! So to just to describe it to you, it's a guy. He's on at the beginning when the music is playing. He comes in from the field and he goes into the the barn where the bar is, and then he uh, he asks the guy. He's like, "Where are all the country girls?" And then he's like, "They're on FarmersOnly.com." And he pulls out his iPhone and he goes to Farmers Only, and then they sing the jingle. <laughs> Anyways, and that's that's it. They also own. You ready? American dating, traditional dating, rural dating, Christian dating, and senior dating. Rural dating is the same thing. They've built a network of yeah. dating yeah. for very specific niches. Oh, <laughs> so it's a widespread grift is there's what you're a, telling me. There's a, um, oh. there's, a, there's a blog. Welcome to the Farmer's Only Official blog. Would you oh, like no. me to read some of the success stories? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna read one. They got it. You gotta look like a farmer to be here. So this I'm is gonna my read. favorite outro ever. This one is called "Never Give Up." Trisha was searching for love, but having no luck, she was about to give up. Before throwing in the towel, she decided to give Farmers Only a try and ended up meeting Jay. She knew he was the one when he was excited to go to the circus with his two grandchildren as well as two of hers. Not only did that catch her attention, but they seemed to balance each other out well. Quote. He loves my crazy side, and I love his calm side, close quote, Trisha shares. When they announced their engagement, pretty much everyone's reaction was, well, it's about Tam, including their grandchildren. Their families had been able to uh, see their love for, for each other the, the right way, so the engagement came as no surprise uh, through getting married during a pandemic. Sorry, though getting married during a pandemic meant their wedding looked a little bit different than they'd hoped. They said, I do with a beautiful ceremony by the lake with their children, grandchildren, and Trisha's father in attendance. All 10 of our grandchildren walked me up and the youngest one was a month old. This, yo, this is how crazy it is to be a farmer. You have to be walking at a month old. Um, so right. anyway, she was the flower girl. Our, their oldest grandson was the best man. Oldest granddaughter was the maid of honor. After saying their vows, Trisha and Jay had special grandchildren vows during which they took them as during which they took them as their grandparents and put their names on a board and said, grandchildren are a blessing from God. I want, Trisha I want, says that I want my life back. Trisha says that you're someone special is out there waiting for you. Never give up and you will find them on farmers only. It's kind of sweet. I demand you it's give really me the last sweet. 90 seconds of my life. It's back. really I, sweet though. Like, no, like, Adam, no, every time you did you that accent, love. it felt like I was getting tased. Like I, Oh, <laughs> Oh my God. Farmers only, huh? Jeremy and Rebecca both signed up for Farmers Only ah! on, a Stop it! Stop it! on a whim after seeing this commercials on TV. Is this Jeremy from Hank H? <laughs> Jeremy had a friend who met his girlfriend on the site, so he figured, might as well go for it. Rebecca, on the other hand, signed up more as a joke, but was hoping to find someone special. Quote, and I did on the first day of having an account. I guess they're both 49ers fans. Good for them. <sighs> 
Bro, there are so many people. Yeah, but like, have you ever driven through the Midwest in the United States? If you're Fair. a farmer, you kind of want to date a farmer. Yeah, you got to get the life. It's it's a different life. Yeah. And and I've driven through Montana, Idaho, Iowa, um, most of Washington State outside of like Seattle and 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 uh, is Portland? No, it's that's another one. Anyway, like it's there. It's it is very rural, <laughs> and I can imagine that you know if you've got a town of a hundred people, how many people are in your age bracket? How many people are there to date? It's tough. I don't blame them. I think it's great. Good, good for you. Go find love. That's amazing. Why do they need a farmer-specific app? <laughs> well, if you are a farmer, tweet Steve. Tell him why. No, but like, if you, what if you just both had Tinder and were also from the sticks? Mm. Wouldn't Tinder be like, here's a person from the sticks as well? And then, like, why do you need a, this person is from the sticks and has a basil farm? I don't know why I picked basil. Do you have to specify what farm you farm? Well, I, I know on the love the farmer's love blog here, um, I, I can read to you. Maybe this will help Steve understand because because I, I don't know if it says you have to specify. I haven't seen the. I'd have to sign up for a profile. But um, <laughs> should we get you on farmers? <laughs> no, please, because then I got to pay for it. Oh, oh my god! Aha! So <laughs> well, yeah. I don't want to be hooked up with those stupid pumpkin farmer. So, oh, you were doing so well until I found out you were a pumpkin farmer. Having grown up on a farm and still tilling 2,000 acres of corn, beans, wheat, barley, and Stop it! Houses, Jeremy knew that Farmers Only was his best chance to find a partner who understood the long hours and dedication of his lifestyle demands. And that's the thing. It is, it's, it's, a, it's a job that, like, certain seasons, you don't stop working. You sound like Woodland Critter Christmas. Good. <laughs> Now, come on, y'all. Why don't we all get on Farmers.com? I have a million-dollar idea. We launch a dating site specifically for Leafs fans. Oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) We call it leafdate.com. Dude, can we do it for our... Yes. Branch. What? It's called Branch. Oh, yeah. Download branch because we make the connections through the leafs. Do you have to specify twig size? <laughs> no, it's an important question. That's just you can't discriminate based okay. on how, twig size. how many. <laughs> oh, and for age, you put how many rings are on your trunk? Nope, okay. end the show. Video. And I'm gonna end the show and set myself on fire. Okay. How was, how was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think certain oh. questions on your bio have to be like favorite leaf player. Has anybody ever met somebody that they're currently with at a Steve Dangle podcast event? That's so niche. I wonder. Staff and Graf, Rachel and Mike met at my book launch. That's true. There you go. I mean, that's not the same. And now they're married. And now now they're married. married? Yeah. They have 14 children. It's crazy. I don't know how they had it. And they they joined (laughs) FarmersOnly.com together looking for a third. Welcome to (laughs) BloggersOnly.com. Podcasters only. Podcasters only. Just, hey, just 98% (laughs) dudes in their basement like, you want to hear what my podcast sounds like? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that your opinion is so important? So do we. That's why at podcastlovers.com or whatever the fuck we're going. Don't forget to use that promo code place on the internet. <laughs> it's your promo code! Ah! Use the promo code SDP on podcastdate.com to find your love. <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, YouTubers, uh, YouTubers only would be funny too. You want to smash that like button? No, YouTube, that like button's YouTube's in my pants. Are, they're already on YouTubers only. All of them hang out in LA together and intermingle. <laughs> he stole Floyd Mayweather's hat and then my heart. This is how I met. Oh God. Oh my Lord. Lord. All right, what other niches we got for our dating network? <laughs> what else we got? Peanut peanut allergy dating? The peanut allergy dating. Yeah. Um, a it's actually practical. <laughs> what is it? Lululemon headbands. Uh, if you're into Lululemon just, headbands, just add them on the app. <laughs> Nobody else. Hey guys, say, <laughs> do you want to meet someone except you're a chode? <laughs> Here at Lululemon Headbands, <laughs> we find the chode for you. By the way, people keep asking me about this man. What the fuck? I haven't had a haircut since October. I don't man, know what to do with let, this shit. So, let the man wear his it is. you guys. Uh, we're out of here. That was great. Right. That's really fun. Can Look we, out for, uh, what are we calling it? Branch. Look out for branch. the branch, the dating mm. app coming very Branch.stpn.com. Yeah, to an app store near you. Um, and and I cannot wait for this clip to be the one we upload to YouTube. Love you guys. We will see you Monday. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.